Welcome to another episode of 115 Miles. Josh, did you enjoy today's chat? Very much. I think that's one of the best chats we've had in a long time. We don't always say that on the intro. Just genuinely, yeah. I believe it was. It had everything in it. Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, routine, structure, how to transition. Um, started with kind of how we were feeling, just very present in how we're feeling today. That was a good conversation. Um, then we went into um, exploring kind of the role that social media played in the Johnny Depp and Amber yep. Heard case. And uh, and we, do we, we dove into a little bit around uh, the impact on kind of women's rights and women's safety. Um, and just in general, just, you know, uh, the danger of kind of social media and crowds. Mm. Um, what did you uh, what did you think of that conversation? I think it was yeah. Look, we probably looked at it in a way most other people are not looking at it. Um, you know, we held space for for the way that everybody saw it, from how you know men that may have been on the end of smear campaigns uh, saw it, and how women um, that may have been in abusive relationships saw it. So we sort of tried our best to hold space for how everybody saw it. So I really hope people take a lot from this, and they can come and find us where has one hundred and fifteen miles pod on Instagram. Come and get us, and we'll see you very soon. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kara. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different. But we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. No, I'm just <laughs> right, cool. Josh, how are you? Hat? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm, I'm really pleased to be back in the studio. It makes such a difference. It does make a hell of a difference. Yeah. And we're at a table setting today, Has at my insistence. At your insistence. Even though when we turned up here, the poor man had just set the sofa up. Has was like, no. Do you fucking know who I am? Change it. <laughs> I did say that. And it worked, didn't it? And it worked. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, here we are. But it is, to be fair, it's much better, particularly for what we're about. Also, there's a nice area to keep our drinks. Yeah, yeah. So we are sponsored by uh, <laughs> Sam Pellegrino. And feel good. Whose is better? Uh, well, mine's better for me. Better branding. Which is better branding? Yours is more established branding. Okay. But yours is full of sugar. Uh, it's actually not uh, this one because I checked. Oh, uh, so there's only 70 calories in it. Well, there you go. I think there's a bit of work that they need to do because whenever I pick those up, I think, oh, it's full of sugar. I'll go over a sugar-free version. Uh, I thought the same and checked it this morning. That's because I wasn't going to get it, genuinely, because I so, for the same reason. We are genuinely not sponsored by San <laughs> Pellegrino, but go buy it because uh, it tastes good and looks good in your Mind hand. you, those calories that are in there are probably sugar, right? Yeah, a lot of sugar. Good. So, as he takes a swig of his sugar drink, <laughs> uh, give me a word that sums up how you're feeling today. One word. Oh, a set of words. A Go word rogue. that sums up how I'm feeling. So there's a big part of me that's I feel very, um, uh, I feel very, uh, what can I say? Like, what would be a word that would cover en energized? I feel energized and excited about what I'm doing in a, from a career work perspective. I feel like everything's moving in the way that I want it to be. Uh, if you bring in my kind of personal life and what's going on in my personal life, there's some like heaviness going on there and a little bit of like trickiness and things that I need to navigate. So that's so, so, so I recognize there's two kind of almost polar opposites going on in me. Yeah. Yeah. And which is the dominant? Feels like the ener energized one is feels more dominant in the space at the moment. That's because I'm in London in my working head on, I'm in that, in that space. Yeah. Which, so I guess it's important to understand that, isn't it? This is why uh, I'm already digressing, but uh, people try and do surveys within a, the working environment for um, like well-being. Mm. So they're like, we're doing all these surveys and you have to be really, really careful with surveys mm. because it, you know, if you're trying to get me to rate how I'm feeling from one to 10, there's so many different things that are gonna influence that, you know, literally where I'm stood when you ask me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the way um, the way that people respond, it's often also because 
they've put their sort of their mask on uh, yeah, at yeah. work. You know what I mean? Like, so they're almost many won't even be able to tap into what isn't going well in their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or, 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 or the opposite, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even like, if you get somebody like me to come in and do a session with people, right? There, there's going to be a load of people pleasers in there. So when they do the survey afterwards, they're only ever going to say it's, it was good and made them feel better because well, they think that's what they're supposed to do. Chris used to call, well, he still does that. He calls them happy sheets. Yeah. Because like, if you get, like, people don't like confrontation as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you give somebody and you've just spent, you know, three hours with them and you say, by the way, here's, here's, here's something that I want you to fill out. And by the way, I'm collecting them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. People aren't just not going to be honest, right? Is that, yeah, no, not, uh, some people will be, wouldn't they? But but a lot I wouldn't. I'd be yeah. I'd mark you know if it was out of five I'd probably yeah. put four for everything yeah. and then walk out and tell you yeah. I think it was shit. It's like it's like checker trade, you know, like the like the checker yeah. trade is where you get like you get um, uh, like people that come in and they do they do like plumbers or electricians or whatever and they'll come and do work and then you always, they always want you to rate them because obviously that it helps them. Yeah. But even if they haven't done something particularly well, you don't want to be the one that like. Is the is the asshole that publicly puts them down? I did that once. One guy he turned up a bit late, and everything else he was good. And he don't he only ever ever had ten out of ten. But because he turned up late, I thought, oh, let me be honest, and I scored him down. And then Aaron just gave me so much shit for just like the poor guy was stuck in traffic. What do you want him to do? <laughs> and I've lived with that ever since. I, I felt like oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. The opposite is also true. Do you know what I uh, often try and do when like, when we're going away and we have like a really good holiday or we stay somewhere or, I don't know, not restaurants because I wouldn't go online and either way with a restaurant, but a holiday. Yeah. I always try and think to myself, it's been really good. I'm going to go on wherever it is and make sure I leave a really good review. Yeah. So that when I want to leave a bad review, because when you want to leave a bad review, you're way more motivated to do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I tend to, I, I can't remember the last time I left a review for anything. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. But if you go online, I feel like, you know, people are more motivated if they're pissed off with a product and they want to go and leave a bad review. I think um, people, I, I think it's something like this ratio. For every, um, if a person gets uh, a piece of like good service, they'll only tell one person. If they get bad service, they'll tell 10 people. That's how we're wired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're makes wired sense. to kind of, you know, respond to bad service. Yeah. There are some people that, that just enjoy kind of... Being pricked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. say it as it yeah. is. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've said it. I don't need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, okay. So, so basically... Uh, depending on where you are right now, you're in London and feeling kind of the energy, but then there's sort of, you know, um, other other feelings at play as well. Yeah. I would say um, that I, my, I guess the word to sum up how I'm feeling is um, motivated. Yeah. We've been uh, working behind the scenes at Mavericks to um, try and sort of move me more towards the kind of the digital side of the business. And, and that is that is quite a significant thing because I'm so involved in the other side of the business. Yeah. So I'm, I, I sort of, um, in many ways, it means my time is going to be, you know, um, utilised differently. Mm -hmm. And I'm really motivated to make it count because otherwise I could end up, you know, I could end up just basically, you know, not doing, not doing what I'm supposed to be and just procrastinating. So I'm really motivated. And I yeah. think definitely looking at what you've been up to over the last few weeks and months and just the energy and like the traction and kind of the movement, I think, is, is, um, is motivating me to kind of get really focused. Um, one thing I know about myself is I've got lots of strengths, you know, um, that energize me. And then I've got things that drain me. And one of the things that drains me is efficiency. Yeah. So I love procrastinating, but I think procrastinating leads to my creativity. Yeah. But efficiency is like um, getting things done in, in the most you know, efficient way. Yeah. And I, I'm drained by it. So like focused work drains me, like it takes energy away from me. So yeah. I have to be conscious of that. Because I think if I don't kind of address it, then what will happen is I'll I'll just um, get like more and more, um, you know, behind where I want to be. So I yeah. think that's something I'm going to look at. Um, and then the other um, uh, the other thing that I've just come off of some really quality present time with the family, mm. and we've talked we talk about this a lot. And family is obviously a big part of our lives. We talk about it a lot on this podcast. Um, we also talk about the fact that we need to be more present, or I certainly do. And I think just, you know, being there, being with the family, we were at Wembley, we were at a concert um, on Sunday, and it was just, you know, 
for me it was so um such connected time mm. um it for me that's really really important so it's not a word but like you know being more present is something that i just really want to like get serious around i think just one point i know that if i just sort of do the i just need to be more present that's not going to happen i have to put yeah. the habits in place yeah yeah to you're very there. systems and habits based then you i always use the you as an example of someone that's like quite i'm i'm a bit more uh i i work better if i allow myself to be a little bit tangled and go right i'm here in this space here's an opportunity to be present use it so i have some routine stuff that i have to function with but i have to i'm to a little bit more i see i disagree with that i mean i know you know yourself but i think where i see you seem to make a lot of um progress on this is actually there are set times where you and your wife have to be in certain places yeah right whereas mine's a bit more my sort of situation's a bit more fluid whereas so the way that you wake up and do your exercise then wife does you know what she needs to do and yeah you, just, you know and you've got to be in certain places and and that's even more complicated now that you've had yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know um uh uh more uh, things to contend with, right? More children living with, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, more, more kids coming into the yeah, household. You're right, yeah, you have to be really, really deliberate with how you're spending your time. Therefore, it's, it's just for you. It's almost like there's no choice. You that you have to be in that place at that time doing that thing. And I think I, I'm probably a bit more freewheeling than that. And I need to be a bit more like this is the time to do it. Yeah, you're actually you make a good point. I mean, look, when I get up and do the exercise in the morning, like. That's like my bread and butter, if you know what I mean. That's yeah. like, you know, if I don't, I'm drowning for yeah. the day. Yeah. It is literally like that for yeah. me, right? If I do two or three days without working out in the morning. So like the working out, getting up early in the morning to do that, anyone can do that. Like my structure of my whole day has changed. You know, I, I will only ever watch an hour of TV at night unless football's on. And then it's 90 minutes, right? We, I, will, I will very, very rarely watch two hours because I know if I do, I need to get up at five and my next day will be a nightmare because I'll be tired, right? So so there's that aspect of it. But what you say is true because Tuesdays and Wednesdays now, I don't necessarily have to be home, right? I have to be home normally on a Monday and a Thursday, yeah? Tuesday and a Wednesday and I don't, I don't. And so my time on a Tuesday and Wednesday with my children, I see that already. That's quite a, a relatively new thing. I see already me squeezing the hell out of Tuesdays and Wednesdays nights and being less present and less at home with my kids, right? So that structure has been removed and I see there now I fall into that thing of doing it. So I guess in some ways, like making sure that you implement them are big. But on that very like quickly as an almost separate subject, I'm way more confident nowadays, by the way, telling people that I interact with on a work basis that um, I, I'm, I need to be home to look after my kids. I used to lie. Yes. I used to lie. Yeah. I used to say, I can't, I've got a meeting or yeah. uh, I've got a coaching call at, at four, so I've got yeah. to be back. And it weren't true. I, yeah. I had to be back because I had to look after my kids. Yeah. It's weird isn't it? how we lie about that, isn't it? Yeah, it's not weird, I think. I mean, it is weird, but I can understand where it comes from because you're trying to build a business and you're, yeah. you're so worried about other people's perceptions and whether that piece of business will go somewhere else or whether they think you're not as professional or as committed. Yeah. All that stuff goes through your head. And I think, if anything, the last two years has definitely opened up the conversation about, um, in a good way, about you know how we need to be uh, more more available as carers, parents, you know, yeah. supporters. Like, and it's not even those who have children; just outside things that you need to do. Um, and I'll say the fact that we're both more confident in what we do in the space willing to not work with somebody if they don't if their yeah. ideals don't and values don't meet ours yeah um not everyone gets that privilege yeah yeah exactly particularly if you work for somebody yeah so you're really stuck in that sort of prison of um either feeling like you have to sacrifice the stuff you need to do at home or you ha you make up shit yeah well i've 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 worked with a couple of organizations recently where the brief has been uh, we've got parents here that are feeling guilty for going on the school run. And we want to, like, so I've done some boundaries work with them. Yeah. I'm like laying down and I did, uh, I did uh, this exercise where I got them to like write down a few of your rights. So write down some of your like, uh, um, write down what, what motivates you, you know, like family, what are your kind of real passions, yeah? 
um, and then write down your rights. So it's my right to do the school run or it's my right to make sure that I, it's my right to turn my emails off after six o'clock and be mm. with my kids. Mm. I saw a great meme as well, actually, literally this morning, randomly, uh, coincidentally, that we're talking about this. I'm going to get this wrong, but it said something like, in terms of your kids, yeah, uh, your kids would prefer 100% of 10% of your time <laughs> than they would 10% of 100% of your time. Yeah. Time's the wrong word. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah, probably, yeah. attention uh, yeah. is yeah. probably a better yeah, word, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100 of 10% of your attention yeah. rather than 10% of 100% of your attention. You see, I, I've probably said it wrong, but you see what I'm saying? Everyone gets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like actually yeah. go and be as present as you can with them for two hours in the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, then when you're busy with work and that, yeah. you, you will be much less resentful and much less worried about it. Yeah. And that's been my experience as well. It's really hard to do in the modern times though, isn't it? It's yeah. really hard to do. And I, I think, I think um, you and I have talked about, you know, conversations where we said oh i need to make more time and and you said bullshit like you have the time yeah you, you know you know you're scrolling or you're you're, you're pissing about wasting your time yeah, yeah. Or, or not wasting but you know just just not doing other yeah well, stuff. it is it is wasting it in some ways or not you know like sometimes i think the thing about social media or um or reading the newspaper or whatever it is is for some people that's just a way to break stuff up yeah. so it is about sacrifices and and it is about choice and you're choosing yeah. to do that over something else but i think the other thing is that people just need avenues to just do what they need to do it, it, it you know the reason social media works the way it does is because it um it serves people certain yeah of course this, right so they're getting something from it yeah yeah for sure but it for, for, you know if you look at it at a surface level it's just mind numbing useless scroll death, yeah. death scrolling yeah yeah but it is it, for the individual in that moment they're, they're hooked into something and it's giving them something right and we because we said that thing though didn't we if you reflect on a day when you've said i can't go and do the school run mm. if your screen time during that day shows more than half an hour on social media yeah you're, you've made the choice you've made the, yeah yeah i mean it's it's more complex than that right yeah. because social media brings you in and all that kind of stuff but like you know if i, I think i've said this before if a really important client rang me up when I was working and want, and took half an hour of my time, I'd find a way to deal with making up the lost work. Yeah. So I should be able to go, you know what, I'm sat in the office. Yeah. I'm going to put everything down. It takes me half an hour to go and get the kids from school. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do that. We, we have just, it, by not doing it, I think what we're saying is we've deprioritized it in the scheme of priorities that we have in our yeah. day. Yeah. And that's a hard truth, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we want to be the good guy want to be a good guy but also um i think uh you also just find yourself just being on a rat race and you you've got to put these boulders yeah you have to put hard boulders in yeah to even get you to think in the right way and then you take the action you yeah. have to understand you have to surface the problem then take the action yeah. too often we say oh look, just take the action just stop just do a Digital yeah. detox or, you know, come off that or do screen time or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's... But you also first have to get that level of honesty that we've just talked about, right? You Like, you know, you have got time. If you've been on social media for 45 minutes, you had 45 minutes in the day, right? So there's changes that you can be made. I read a book that a, a book called uh, Mistakes Were Made But Not By Us. About, and, and a lot of that talks about how we're sort of biologically wired to see ourselves in a good light, to see ourselves as the good guys. So we will often be like... No, I didn't, you know, in this instance, I didn't do the scoring because I didn't have time. Like, I'm proper up against it. I'm mad busy, da, da, da. But actually, if you sit down and go, right, is this the truth? Is this really the truth? Or can I reflect and see what changes I can make? Mm. And look, that's what I teach on a resilience basis, on an emotional basis. Before you start pointing away, when you're triggered by something, have a look within and first just check all your ducks are in a row. Yeah. Check it's not something like that before you start pointing externally. Yeah. I think the other thing that I am really conscious of is is sometimes... Um, it's really hard to go from being in your work identity straight into being parent identity. Yeah. Because so, it's full of responsibility. Yeah. And there's and and so and there's no f like physical barrier, right? But it's basically to do it in a way that is energizing. You almost need to walk into it in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Because what I tend to do is I work, 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 and then like straight into it and sometimes the energy of the children they've been home from school for a little while 
they're sort of now arguing with each other a little bit. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. homework. It's like a it's it's like an energy that you've just got to be able to just. And then you're barking at them, aren't you? If yeah. Careful. Yeah. Let me introduce you to the mindful shower. Come on. Let's when you finish work in the office at home, before you go out into the kitchen, or I always say kitchen because my kids are always sat at the table yeah. playing. Before you go out there, take an extra 10, 15 minutes and go and have a mindful shower. Get out of the clothes you're working in. Shower. Let the water hit your face and your head. A real shower or a mindful shower? Uh... No, it's a shower. It's a fucking real shower. Oh, you, so you have a shower. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, close your eyes and imagine you're in a shower. So hang on. Are you actually taking a shower? Is that what yeah. So every every day when you finish work, you're saying, go and have a shower. If you're working at home particularly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're not working at home, I would normally have a shower anyway, right? Because I've been out for the day. So I, I'm, I'm a bit of a shower freak. I will shower quite a lot. Um... But yeah, I would say come out of the office before you go into Inward Kids, go take 10, 15 minutes, go shower. Yeah. If you're cold shower, that way inclined, do that. And then get into something different, more comfortable that you normally wear in a family environment. And then there's that separation because we used to use a commute, innit? So I'm nodding along, but I know I'm not going to do that. Like, like, so I, I, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. and I think, I think people will probably resonate with this. Like, like when your day is so crammed, just the thought of like it's not a fifteen minute shower. You might have a fifteen minute shower, then you get like you get dressed. Da, 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 da. It's like half an hour or twenty. Not if you make the shower five ten minutes. Okay, okay. Um, uh, you're too good for this. You're too good to say that you won't do that. See, I'm I'm putting the barriers up already. Yeah, mate. But I I'm also curious. I think there's wonder if there's a, a gateway to that, right? Like I wonder if there is a way to do a, a mindfulness practice that just does the same thing, right? That basically, yeah. so what, but in, in less time? Why not, do you want it to not, do the same thing? It's not even about time. I think, it, I think it's just the barriers, right? The, but for me, the barriers are end of day, put, get the clothes, go have a shower, which is a bit weird, like having a shower. Like, with, no, it's not. Why is it? It's just weird? a bit weird, what, you know. Like, 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 Erin, I know you're struggling with the kids downstairs, but I'm just going to have a little, uh, you know, shower. Like, you know, it's just... <laughs> Um, I know you indulge yourself, Josh, but no, I'm being real here. I'm being real. Like, like uh, I think, I think even just transition is super important. I think what yeah. we're pointing to is transition, transition yeah. and and different state. So for me, that might literally be the shutting down, uh, a quick journal, a little mindfulness, all kind of at my desk space. But I really want to leave it where I where I go. Okay, yeah, and then head You're down. You're going to do that, even though, are you? I'm more likely to do that than go straight to the shower, but I oh. might build up to the shower. Maybe we should do an accountability. I thought you were going to say, maybe we should have a shower together. <laughs> <laughs> Based on yeah, that. <laughs> My shower's too loud for that. Oh, mate. Um, maybe we should do an accountability piece around that. Yeah. Because I think it is massive, right? It, yeah. That transition between, and I think it's something that a lot of people experience. And then what happens is if you go in and start barking at the kids, you can the, the whole evening can be a write-off. This is Don't make about. your bad day your your family's bad evening yeah exactly but 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 you've got there's no way around it there has to be some transition yeah if yours is at the office because you fucking want to spend another 20 minutes in the office and you do that house yeah i'll be in the shower clean fresh (laughs) ready for the kids (laughs) (laughs) the kids are like all over the place and you're like yeah but i smell like brute so so uh, sometimes my youngest daughter comes in and sit my showers in the back and she will Get undressed and she just yeah. sits in the end of the bath. Yeah. Like splashing about in all my yeah. dirty water. Nice. <laughs> my kids wouldn't be caught dead doing that, but they're a bit older now. Yeah. So, um, no, look, I think transition is key. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's the point of it. So, all right, I'm going to move us on. I'm um, glad you mentioned a meme earlier. This is my segue to the Oh, meme. nice segue. Now, I want to call nice this, uh, I call, call this the court of social media. What do you think I'm talking about? At the court of social media, you're talking about Amber Heard. Yeah. And um, I was going to say Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story That's altogether. That's a whole different... Yeah. Uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Yes, I am. Yeah. And I think... Uh, so just for anyone that's been living under a rock... Uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were going through a US a civil libel um, case. He right? sued her, didn't he? He sued her yeah. for defamation. And, uh, and he won. Yeah, and um, there are lots of people that were joyous at the fact that Johnny Depp won, and then there were lots of people that were uh, really, really, really upset with the yeah. verdict. 
Um, and I'm really keen to sort of dig into less about what happened in the case, mm. but more about kind of people's, uh, reaction to people's reactions, but also how we got reactions from it, right? So basically, the first this is the first time I can remember where I've sort of really known, uh, I've really like been watching what's been happening in a in a court case yeah. in this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't watch any of the long form live recordings. What right. I saw, what I think basically the vast majority of the public saw was were snippets, snippets memes, um, commentaries, um, uh, of the day and I was hooked like I, I I wasn't originally and then any anytime you're on Facebook um, or Instagram like you'll just get like a you know a snippet and you mm. just get pulled in and sometimes they're up to two minutes long right and yeah. and I don't I would say if I did a percentage split of memes in favor of Depp versus in favor of Amber Heard I'd say 95 percent if not more in favour of Depp? Yes. Were they, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Like, if you've seen any... I, I, I'll, be, I'll be deadly honest with you. Because of some of my past life experiences, I've, 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 I've very purposely, not, not tried, I have very purposely... Avoided. Avoided. Now, I have, because social media slams it in your face. So I've That's seen it. stuff and yeah. I've pondered on it. Yeah. Um, and... Of, and that, of those things you saw? Percentage? Um, uh... Yeah, um, yeah, probably I would say they were in favour of, of Depp, yeah. How much, roughly? I'll be honest with you, LinkedIn kept showing me one one particular person who I won't name and she was fully in favour of Amber Heard. So, okay. like, that's judging my, uh, okay. that's uh, 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 not judging, that's like blurring my judgment. Yeah, blurring your judgment. Okay, so, um, yeah, th the other thing is I didn't go out looking for it, it like... The you algorithms you just just loved it and just loved kind of pushing it. And then there were sort of memes and and piss takes of certain things that Amber Heard said, but very like but only portrayed Depp as this kind of cool guy. Um, so I think it was very very deliberate. This was kind of you know this was a case in favour of Johnny Depp. Now through that, I think. I built up an opinion of Amber Heard and I think my personal view was a lot of what she was coming up with was lies. Yeah. That's my personal I see a few view. memes that were like out yeah. you know where she yeah. where you know it wasn't out. You, yeah, yeah you weren't you weren't guessing that she was lying she was caught out she was caught out lying venomously lying certainly out. certainly um certainly kind of portrayed and and uh uh, got caught basically through through the kind of the, the the legal process, but I definitely only saw that because of what was going on in social media. Yeah. Um. So I'm just curious about um what your point of view on on kind of this case is. A lot of a lot of commentators have said immediately on the day it happened, basically that you know this has set women's rights back and women's safety rights back decades as yeah. a result. Personally, I, I disagree. Mm. And I, I also know that we'll be um, uh, probably accused of, you know, of, you know, sitting with male privilege on that, and which, yeah. I, which I appreciate and I acknowledge and accept. But I think um, uh, it's also quite dangerous to say that it's set back you know, uh, you know the, the like women's safety because it was it's very clear as as we said from what we saw um, that that uh, she was lying. Yeah, and, yeah. and and so I think it, you know the, the way that Amber Heard kind of you know pushed this agenda um, has also equally been dis yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, detrimental to kind of you know. Uh, look, let, let me pick up on a couple of things that you said. The, the, the first thing about if it set women's rights back decades, that feels like a very social media comment, right? Yeah. You, I don't think you can put um, a time on how far back it has set it back. I don't think it's been a positive thing for women's rights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think women, on the whole, away from that case, are labelled as crazy way quicker than men are. Men yeah. can be. Um, crazy you know they can act crazy and they're just acting crazy whereas a woman is a psycho very very quickly yeah right yeah so i think there is that aspect that this isn't going to help that 
I don't think the case is going to help anyone's rights anywhere, right? I don't, even, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see why it should be played out in the public. I don't think anybody benefits from it. Um, and I think it's really, really important to highlight um, the smear campaign as a form of abuse that it is. The yeah. smear campaign is the way that somebody who is abusive will continue to abuse somebody um, when they've had the power and the courage to break that abusive relationship. The smear campaign will, will be somebody, male, female, or any other gender, that will go to great lengths for years after they've split up with you to ensure that your reputation is tarnished, to ensure that your connections and your bonds and your relationships are at risk constantly through their smear campaign. Mm. So I don't think we should under um, undervalue uh, how bad that could have been for anybody, and in, yeah. in this case, Johnny Depp, yeah. right? So I think that's important to highlight. I just, where it becomes a bit muddy, this conversation, and a bit kind of complex to untangle, is I sort of look at it, I saw men celebrating online, saying, you know, this is a victory for men, and uh, men that are abused by women. I think there's possibly some truth in that, right? But. I think it's too polarized to celebrate it in that way. I saw people, you know, saying things like it's going to put women's rights back uh, thousands of years. Look, I think it um, it should highlight to us all how complex a thing abuse is. I think in many relationships, relationships become highly, highly toxic where both are victims and both are aggressors. Aggressors, yeah. 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 And, and actually you don't need to pick one or the other. Yeah. And in that sense, it doesn't make any sense to bring gender into the conversation at all. Why I say it was muddy is because I do think there is a need, particularly for women, to separate women as a conversation against violence against women and have that as a separate conversation and actually bring the issue of gender into that, right? I'm just not sure whether it was right to bring it into this, the commentary of the herd depth conversation. Yeah, I mean, really powerful. I think the, 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 the thing around smear was, um, yeah, extremely extremely powerful kind of to bring up i think um with regard to um with regard to social media do you think that regardless of whether we think she was lying or not do you think amber heard had a fair trial as compared to any other citizen um i don't know I don't think I don't think it being played out on social media is going to help anybody have an affair trial in yeah. any instant. Yeah. So so the answer to that would be no it probably wouldn't be as fair. The problem is is people see things we forget that excuse me our eyes are not just lenses they're, they're projectors. Right? And if I was a female had been in any abusive relationship be it with a parent, a sibling, a family member, a wife, blah, 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 sorry, a partner whatever, yeah, a wife I would view probably view that case through here's another woman um, who's been abused and all you know she's having all of her reactions to that abuse just pulled apart and she's being made to look like she's a psycho right I can absolutely see how if that's your experience it's going to trigger the fuck out of you into that way yeah um, the reason I stayed away from it is because my experiences of are of a you know a woman who particularly in, in my instance used the smear campaign, yeah? And I know how much that hurts and how much that, and that's why I stayed away from it because I knew I would become polarized when it triggered me online. Yeah. And if I posted about it, yeah. I would lose compassion for the person that I've just talked about. Yeah. The woman that sees it in that way. Yeah. Right? And actually the truth is, is that neither of us are wrong. We're just seeing it based on our own experience. And if I was the woman that I just talked about, I would see it in the way that she's seen it, but I'm not, so I see it in my way. Yeah. And so without us sitting in that courtroom and pulling apart all of the details, we actually can't, it, it would be wrong of us to come to any thing unless we say we trust the arm of the that's law the and that's, and that's, well, so that's the I truth mean, and that's what we know, have to go with. Is it, is it the process and what, what they might argue is that the process was, you know, the, the jurors, they go home, they see this stuff, they talk to friends and family, there, there is no way. But then maybe there needs to be an acknowledgement of the fact that we don't live in a place where you can just say, don't read the newspaper, don't watch the TV for for the, for the length of the trial. Yeah, it's but like, you could, there could be an acknowledgement, just don't take a camera in there. Why has it got to be filmed? I have no idea. Yeah. That's where you could stop it. Yeah. It could be, no, it's for the jury. Yeah. And if you really want to film it and play it out, let the jury do it and then everyone can watch the highlights or yeah. you don't have to, don't watch it. Why does it have to be filmed? We don't do it in the, in, the, in, the, in England, do we? No. Nah. 
you just get those crappy drawings. Yeah. They're not crappy. They're very good. They're very, very talented, <laughs> aren't they? Um, but I do, I do, I do think, um, you know, it's an important conversation to have. And I, I, I even, re like, I just want to kind of acknowledge that even just bringing it up and having a point of view um, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I, I, and not because I'm afraid to say what I think, but more because I'm afraid to, um, to think about um, kind of the, 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 the impact of, of, uh, on, on other people who are going through it and seeing it, but also just, I guess, you know, the, the, the bit I don't see, which is just like my, my privilege, you know, mm. and, um, but I just feel like there is something, uh, brewing around what happens, uh, with, you talk about the, the is it the madness of crowds or the madness yeah, of yeah, crowds? Yeah. And, and it feels like that happened here to yeah. some degree. Now, a lot of people feel it, it landed on the right side based on the kind of the evidence and what came out. And, um, and I think there's probably um, an acknowledgement of uh, this smear campaign that went on. And so there's a sort of a justness that feels like uh, certain people have felt. But I think the madness of crowds, is it could have tipped the other way. Like it could have been that actually the social media frenzy could have been pointing away from Depp and towards Heard, mm. and that might have had a an impact on what happened. So, so unless you were sitting there and heard everything, yeah, you'll you'll never know. And it's just a, it's a kind of a dangerous zone of life that we're in where it can play such a, a disproportionate, you know, mm. influence. And you're almost expected to have an opinion on it. Which is like, really, when you break it down, it's bizarre. I mean, if you were going through that experience, right? Yeah. I would want to know about it. I'd try and formulate an opinion because I'd feel like I'd want to be with you and help you and try to understand what's going on. If it was somebody within my community, then I might feel like I, you know, an obligation. But this is two people in America who, who you know, whose job just happens to be one that makes everybody kind of know who they are. And like, why should we have an, like, we shouldn't yeah. have an opinion on it. Yeah. It's, and it's bizarre that we now live in a, Sort of, you know, it bring, reminds me when Piers Morgan says, grow up and have a bloody opinion on something. And you think, I don't need an opinion on it. I, But through what I've seen, I also recognise I have an opinion on it. Mm. But my opinion is based on my experience. It's not based on fact, it's based on my experience. But it's also, you've choicefully decided to uh, withdraw from conversations. I think that's the thing that we talked about in our last episode, right? Which is... Go where you want to go. Stay away from the rest. Yeah. I think that's more. We have to be more and more conscious of that as we as we live in this current society of of always on. Yeah. And always being bombarded with information. You just have to be really choiceful in where you go and where you participate. And you have to be aware of what triggers you and what you're reacting to. So some of the posts triggered me, yeah? Some of the things that, when I say triggered me, it made me, this is what triggered looks like in very basic forms for me. I'd see a post and I'd start typing straight away and out, you know, a reply. And I am thinking, I one, want to make this person look stupid. I'm two, want to make sure that they've got no comeback. And three, want to make myself look, look good. To, yeah. And I, Cause I'm triggered. Yeah. Right now, I, what we do is we hide that, we hide that trigger behind righteousness, right? Uh, this isn't me acting on a trigger, I'm right. And I'm, and, I, and I'm doing this for the good of the people because I'm one of the good guys. When actually with my triggers, I need to go, right, hang on a minute, what's going on here? I'm angry and I want to react straight away, right? That's a clear sign something's happening. So let's go away. Let me pull myself away from this for a minute and then, you know, go and do X, Y, and Z and see if I still want to come back and reply later, yeah? And then and what you find is like, I'm triggered by this because of my own personal experience. and. Do I want to get into a debate with somebody who's triggered by their personal experience? Mm. If I want to, then it needs to be one where I go, let me come in and listen to your experience and try and understand why you're seeing it in that way and know that I may never see it in that way yeah. and here's the way that I see it. But that's not what social media does. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really hard to get to that place where you can, you can unless you really mindfully do it, where you can get to a place where you can appreciate where they're coming from, particularly if you're in very polarizing kind of, yeah, yeah. And look, I've just had it with that that post that I've done on Instagram. I get so many, and I recognize on that, yeah, there's like, I don't know, 5,000 comments on one video, 
right? And you, you're getting all these good ones coming in. And at the beginning, I'm just like, these people are saying that, you know, it's such a, it's such a good thing. It's helped me. And I'm responding. And then I'm like, I haven't got time to respond to everyone now. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it, right? Because it's too overwhelming. And then boom, a bad comment comes in. All of a sudden, I've got time, yeah? yeah. And like, but then you see some of them, <coughs> and this is, this is a problem with social media. Um, on social media, if I say I like the color red, somebody will hear that I've said, you're a dick because you like the color blue. So yeah. they'll come in and they'll be like, what the fucking blue's a good color. And I'll be like, yeah, all right. I just said I like red. Yeah, but I fuck it. And then they start arguing about how good blue is. And you think, but then if it triggers me back, then I start going, well, fucking blue is shit. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you get in this, you're in this debate and you think I only said my first, my original point was just that I like red. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what happens online. Yeah. I mean, for, for the vast majority of us, we don't, you know, we don't have to get involved in that sort of social media tangling, right? But, uh, hard, you know, man. an influencer like you, Josh, I'm <laughs> sure it's like, you know. It's hard, mate. I yeah. tell you, the way yeah. that it, particularly, um, particularly the way the bad comments uh, land, in, the way they land, yeah. Not just the ones, you know, ones that disagree will trigger me, right? And that's, you know, not, <laughs> it shouldn't trigger me, but it does. Um, but the, way, the when, when people start attacking your character, or attacking you, it's hard. Like, what kind of mother did you have that raised such a poor, you know, scum of society? Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or the more, the more subtle. I'm surprised uh, somebody like you, operating in the space that you are, has this kind of opinion. And you just, you want to say, fuck off. <laughs> I'm swearing a lot at the moment, aren't I? That's okay. You're, uh, you're in high energy mode, aren't thank, you? I'm in high energy mode. <laughs> this is what good energy with, is. Mixed with a bit of heaviness. Um, this is what happens, Hats. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I think, um, uh, you know, I think if we can take anything away from it, it is understanding um, how we how we connect to what's going on, when we're triggered, what happens, right? Yeah. And how to deal with it and, uh, and, and acknowledging. I often do find that I will... Um, get that with emails actually or or, or you know i i want to immediately respond in a spiky pointy way or if somebody has uh, lacked a bit of respect and just made an assumption about you know uh just i guess your availability or something like that without you know you know yeah. just those things and it just kind of just triggers me and i just have to pull myself back i definitely do find myself starting to write emails responses and i just sort of um, hold back. I want to move us away from this topic actually and and move good i'll take some breaths yeah <laughs> Give us a break, Josh. Um, this, um, I, yeah, so basically um, where I want to go is the, there is a looming um, narrative that there is a global recession on its way, mm. okay? And uh, we, we, we're certainly feeling it in the UK. There's a report recently that came out, read on the BBC, that one in six households is is going to a food bank which is crazy. that is mental yeah it's, it's absolutely mental crazy yeah um the war in ukraine uh the kind of china being in lockdown supply chain issues it's all um kind of leading are they in to, lockdown again are they well just as a preventative yeah preventative because they're really worried about kind of a, a major outbreak hitting the country so they're like in certain parts of the country it's like you, you you know if someone has it in a region there's like major lockdown but that's stifling their growth and therefore it's that's obviously going to have given the size of its economy it's going to have a major impact on the global economy so what we've got is rising inflation and really slow growth so there is a prediction that there's going to be a significant recession um that's going to uh, kind of impact us globally uh, we've got the winter coming up in the uk so fuel prices are going to go up. They reckon petrol is going to be two pounds per litre by the end of the summer. Um, That's mental. Is, and for people that have to drive, care workers, people, you know, that is, there are a lot of people that are leaving their jobs or, you know, just because they can't afford to pay the fuel. So, you know, I wanted to set a lovely uh, rosy uh, context. Yeah. But the last time we had something that impacted our economy so significantly was lockdown, right? And it's probably going to be over a longer period worse right than that um and uh but there were many people that were caught you know um unawares they lost their jobs and they mm. might have been you know they might have had a a craft or a trade um 
that they had done their whole life and then basically the economy, uh, their own economy was pulled from under them. And yeah. you had a lot of people that, that moved into poverty. So where I want to go actually is with that happening, um, I want to talk a bit m about how you can take some control back in an out of control situation. Because mm. too many people um, just probably felt lost and powerless and didn't know what to do. I know, for example, that my brother-in-law, he's a chef and he worked in the hospitality industry, which was incredibly wounded by um, lockdown. Um, he worked for a, a one restaurant for 14 years and he was just let go. He was the highest paid, you know, he was executive chef. He was, and he was let go. And, mad, and then there was no other chefs yeah. being hired during that time. Mm -hmm. And um, he, thankfully he's, you know, he's back and he's working and he's happy. But there was a period where he would have tried anything, you know, just mm. to provide for his family. And it got down to a point where he had to try and do a um, Amazon deliveries. And it was just a, such a horrible experience that, yeah. you know, we as a family, we said, no, nah, that, that we'll, we'll, we'll find another way. Um, but not everyone can do that. And so, you know, with this happening, you know, this is going to come so what i wanted to talk about was how do people take a bit of control and mm. you know we we've both been through a situation where we've built something from nothing seemingly yeah. and um so yeah i just wanted your point of view first but then i wanted to talk a bit about what steps that you know people might begin to be able to take to even explore this area yeah look i think that i guess the the kind of thing to start by saying which you've just alluded to is this it's, it's it's a bit of a disgrace really that we're here Right. And I think the fact that we have to now, you know, we have to, we're all going to have to kind of, what was everybody saying at the start of lockdown? Level up, t tough it out or something like that. Oh yeah. no, that's what the government was saying because they knew it. Was oh, we were saying, in um, uh, as in people were saying. Yeah. yeah. Can you remember the word was, uh, not adjust, it was, uh, can't remember. oh, but there's a, there's going to be a little bit of that that's going to have to go on. Right. And I just think it's, um, uh, it's just so bad that we live in a democracy where, you know, the fifth richest one and one in six. You, and you see loads of these, uh, you see loads of these politicians on Twitter taking photos of themselves at the food bank. Fucking makes me so angry, man. Do you know what I mean? That like, oh, just, I just think, I don't know, man, it's so out of touch. But um, in terms of like the, like the adjustments that you can make, um, look, I guess there's a lot to learn from what, from what we've been able to do, isn't there? Uh, I particularly think that I used to I used to believe that some people were just I thought that people that were successful financially or in any kind of work in business were were lucky. Like I really did just think they were just lucky. Like I look at my my brother-in-law for example who has done really well in his life and I used to just believe that he sort of found himself in that position and it's not true. Yeah. Uh and I've learned, you know, that uh if you have a passion, there are ways if you you know, if you're um, if you're able to try and make those changes and be fearless, fearless being not 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 being scared, but being scared and just doing it anyway, which is what I did, um, then you can make huge changes, right? And you can find new ways to change your life financially as well. Yeah, and and, and I just want to be clear: it you don't always have to have a deep passion. You could mm. you could actually just be really good at something. Yeah, and then there could be a need. And then you can probably find a way. So I want to talk about Ikigai because yeah. we've both been through the journey of Ikigai and yeah, we yeah. use it a lot in our work. And I know you've talked about it in terms of um, it being an important part of your journey, uh, as well as the, the Mavericks Unlimited Switch course. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, Ikigai. So let's talk. Like, what's yeah. your what's your understanding? What's your what did you get from the Ikigai? Let's let's talk about what Ikigai is first. Yeah. As a word, it's one that you have to start writing into Google before yeah. you ever try and type to somebody that they need to be able to do it because I yeah. can never remember how to spell it. Ikigai. So Ikigai is a uh, is a is a Japanese um, is a Japanese philosophy. It's a way of life, and it 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 doesn't have a Western translation, but it roughly uh, means reason for being. So yeah. it's um, okay. Um, uh, it's a uh, a rite of passage that you know um, Japanese people go through to kind of understand what their purpose is, what their what their reason for being is, and um, what what the Japanese people look at is what I'm um, what I'm good at and what I love, and the intersection of those is 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 known to be their ikigai. The development of that is what most a lot of people have seen online and through their research is actually a four circle model, which is the one that we use, which I really like, which is um, the intersection of what I love. Mm -hmm. 
So what I'm deeply passionate about, what I'm good at, my strengths, my skill areas. Um, but then the other two are also what the world needs. So identifying the problems that the, that the world has or the opportunities um, that need to be gone after and what I can be rewarded for. Mm. So, um, you know, how you can earn or how you can be recognized and where those come into the, uh, where, where, they, where they meet in the center, that's Ikigai. Yeah. And so it's not a straightforward process, but it can be a fun and creative process. And, and we take a lot of our clients through it. And, our, you know, I've had conversations with you about it and other clients and we just, it's a way to explore and get behind and beyond some of the things that you put at the surface. So for, for many people, they just adopt this work identity from a very young age, mm. right? So they might be in banking or they might start an apprenticeship. They might start as a mechanic. They might start, start as a baker and that's it. Yeah. And that's our identity. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because if you say at 45 years, 50 years, or for all you've ever known is being somebody that you know is a baker and then suddenly that job doesn't go or that industry doesn't exist anymore, what do you do? Well, actually this really helps you get back mm. to the things that you could potentially kind of earn a living from. So, um, why I think it's important to look at you guys because you, you you don't have to have all of those circles perfect to be able to make meaning of it. Mm. You like I said, you could be good at something, and if the world needs it, then you can probably be rewarded for it. Mm. You can be deeply passionate about something. You may not be that good at it yet, but if the world needs it, then you can probably learn the skills and become good. So if you're a, if you love photography you could but not necessarily that good at it you could get good at it but and then find something that the world needs around it yeah and then you could find a way to to do it um and i find that the best way to do icky guys is, is not to try and do the whole thing all at once but actually break it down into its small parts yeah yeah so tell me about like your experience of it and what you think is how you think it could be useful look i think i i when I first did it, it was like massive realizations for me, really, because you look at what I do now. I, I mean, I didn't think I, I just didn't put two and two together. Like, for example, that, I, you know, I'm good at articulating um, certain things. Right. So is, is the word articulation. Is that what I'd say? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So articulation was one of the things that for me in the end has fallen into pretty much every category. Right. And the fact that it falls into the what you can get rewarded for, I just never would have. I never would have seen it because I, I met you, right? However many years ago it was that um, we went to the Tate Modern, yeah? Yeah. And I remember doing the work with you and doing it and like like you were writing it down. Although I don't think it was presented fully as Ikigai at that point. That's what you, that's what we were doing, yeah. right? And then I went on to learn about it. Um, and I remember saying stuff like, you know, I'm quite good at talking or like quite good at being with people. And then you being able to branch that and looking at the categories and saying, well, the world needs that. I, like it's just weird that it, I couldn't have, I hadn't uh, spotted or noticed or resonated with that until we done it into the four categories, and then it was like, wow, this like really, there really is something here. Yeah, I, I think um, the the thing that people often forget about is we actually acquire deep knowledge, expertise, and also. Um, desires like to kind of do certain things um, over time but because we're just so busy so focused and so kind of you know living at the at the pace of where we are right now we don't think that there's kind of possibility beyond that so I've worked with people who have completely changed completely changed their profession and there's risk associated and not yeah. everyone by yeah, the yeah. way that does ikigai has to go and start their own business yeah but what I'm trying to do in, bring, in bringing this conversation here today and starting this conversation, because we're gonna keep talking about this, we said um, uh, a little bit, is to help people understand that, that, there, is a, that, that there is stuff that they can start to do, start to explore. Um, even if it's a small thing that you start to do as, a, as well as whatever work you're doing today, yeah. it creates opportunities for you. And of course, down the line, if it feels like it t could turn into something, there's a notion of something called a side hustle, which is where you you start something whilst you're doing your main thing. And at some point, the side thing may turn into a bigger thing and that could become something you know even bigger or it doesn't. But actually what you're doing is you're just creating opportunity. If, you know, something really unfortunate happened to somebody mm. and they lost their job, um, even just the knowledge that there's more possibility out there actually re renews their confidence in themselves whereas often people just feel like they're starting from nowhere yeah 
And we're not given that message, right? When you're at school, you 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 sort of maths, English, science, geography, and it's what do you want to be when you're older? Yeah. And that question is actually normally presented as, yeah. Who do you want to work for when you're older? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. never that you're never really told. You know, you can carve out, especially in today's world with the internet, right? We live in a world now where you can go and set up your own website in your bedroom, start gathering momentum and a following online, right? Anybody can do that. Right. Or it's there for anybody to do if they can do it. Um, so you really can be the master of your own and that's your own destiny without sounding too cheesy. And that's what I often tell people, you know, with the power of like social media now is to like start. You know, I did that post actually recently on LinkedIn, right? A couple of weeks ago. Yep. Of that video of me behind a skip. Yep. Freedom Friday. Do you remember that? Oh, Freedom Fridays. I used yeah. to do free. I used to go Freedom Friday <laughs> and I would come up with some little like and I was making videos and uh Nobody was watching them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And but I was you, doing them you, and I was you, putting them out and I was finding my voice and yeah. I was like, uh, I was, um, it was a side hustle. I was doing it on my lunch break at work, right? Yeah. And it was a side hustle that, you know, I very clearly wanted it to become something, but at the time it was nothing. And, 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 you know, it was, it was, you know, almost incomprehensible that the, the boy that was putting on, videos on Facebook for people that I used to go to school with, I was getting, you know, if I got a hundred, it was like, I just got a hundred views on a video Yeah. to where I am now Yeah. with content that, you know, yeah. is seen by millions all yeah. the time. And and a lot of people might listen to you and go, oh, but you're Josh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to start from somewhere. And I, I whenever I coach friends or, or people around a job change, sometimes it's involuntary, sometimes they're, they're choosing to leave and they go, I need to get my CV done. I said, CV is almost one of the last things that you do. Yeah. Because the CV will be the articulation of where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always just where I've been and it's really boring. So, But if you are able to be really clear about your narrative, the CV is literally just a piece of paper that people can just pick up from LinkedIn anyway. Yeah, now. never written a CV. And um. it shows, it shows. <laughs> uh, um, but you know, but 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 the point is, you've got to, you've got to do the, the understanding first. Yeah. For some people, they'll get inspired by the fact that you used to stand in front of a skip, do Freedom Fridays and now where you are today. For other people, it doesn't need to be that big. It just no, needs to be no, a no, little no, exactly. bit of like, uh, what, can I, what can I explore? Um, so what I want to do is I want to, um, uh, I'll put together a little, uh, a little kind of one, one pager that I, I'll, I'll share as a, a link on our website, on, on our channels you yeah. know, when, when we post. Um, this podcast so people can understand it and start to think about how to do and have a look at it yeah. yeah I'll tell you a really good example I won't say his name just in case he don't want me to yeah uh, but he's uh, top top bloke he's done in a you um, comes to uncommon man regularly he's just started this online drumming group so he he's like a really good drummer yeah and he does one-to-one -one drumming sessions but he's just started now and putting content out um, and he was at Uncommon Man last week. And I was like, mate, just stick with it. I was like, how's it going? And he's like, slower than I'd hoped, but it's, it's moving. And I was like, yeah, mate, stick with it. Three years I was making videos to absolutely nobody. And he was like, ah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, mate, that was supposed to be, that was supposed to like energize yeah, you, not make yeah, you think yeah, three years. Yeah. But you know, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And I look at it and the content that he's putting out and I'm thinking to myself, if I was looking to do the drums, a drumming group and that, I'd think, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It does, and it doesn't have to become this big and it doesn't even global have to be like, drumming group. And it also doesn't have to be content driven. Like, no, exactly. You know, yeah, 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 like that's just uh, my space. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure, mate. Great, great conversation. I, um, I've sort of made a commitment without even asking you that I want to keep this conversation alive, just yeah. to help people to explore what we know about life and what you yeah. know, what we do in our work and actually just bring a bit of that into this space as well so we started today with purpose and ikigai um and, but we can i want to get a bit more tactical as well like yeah. show how you've grown your uh your followers and your social media and your kind of marketing because i think uh, you know there's so much to be learned from what you do um but i'm gonna move us on today onto reasons to be cheerful oh shit just of time yeah. so, uh, <laughs> um josh over you. to you what's your reason to you be go first you okay. go first you go first um my my reason to be cheerful um, this week is um, is just I know it's really cliche and, and and been often repeated, but I've really just enjoyed the last two days with um, with my loved ones, and I'm I'm just gonna say that um, it has for for various reasons over the last week it has become apparent to me how I've I have personally put the business. 
uh, as kind of the number one priority because I feel so much responsibility for myself, mm. for my family that I'm talking about, but also my extended kind of network. And I don't think that's wrong, but I think it can be an and, not an or. And I've just done it as an or. And so for me, just being with them has really just re-energized and rejuvenated kind of my desire to get that balance much, 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 much more uh, aligned with each other. Um, uh, but in the beginning, it's going to require me to prioritize my family uh, a bit more. So yeah. that's my reason to be cheerful. Love it, mate. I love it. And it's way better than the one that I'm going to bring. But the one that I am going to bring is is the way that, you know, things are sort of aligning in my work now, you know, and, and what people won't see or that perhaps they will have seen because I'm sort of content driven in what I do, um, but it's how often I failed at what I'm doing now. Um, and when I say failed, did stuff and it just didn't work. It didn't take off, didn't go where it needed to go. You know what I mean? I, I always bring up, I did that event. I can talk openly about it now. I've probably got enough strength to talk about it. I went to do an event a few years back in Swindon and it was way before I was yeah, ready. You talked about that last time. Yeah. Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to just be where I am now and things are really aligning and it's changing my life quite dramatically in, in, in a number of different ways. So um, yeah, that's my reasons to be cheerful. Brilliant. Today. Well, uh, what, we, what the listeners don't know is we're about to go and eat uh, a meal on Josh because he lost the fantasy football. I know we haven't talked about fantasy football for a while, but that's what's about to happen next. So that should have been my reason to be cheerful. Cause... <sighs> Thanks, Hass. Really enjoyed this. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.